it's the second part of the guru of, of uh, ether seen as one of the 24 gurus as um, listed by the Avadhuta Brahmana in the uh, Srimad Bhagavatam. So that's going to be it for my uh, intro. Okay, so um, <clears throat> ether is a very elusive substance and, and topic. I was saying last time that whether it's the Middle Ages, the, the Western um, you know, body of knowledge, or even in the Vedas, not much, at least in our scripture, the ones that um, are available through um, Srila Prabhupada and let's say the BBT books and also other, I, I didn't see a whole lot about the ether. Um, so I was saying that uh, last night we were talking about how the realization of somebody will come through in a class. And uh, I remember uh, a, a class, a Sunday feast talk when uh, we were in Eugene, Oregon. Our temple was very much still structured like um, the, the temple program was still very much mirroring the, the typical ISKCON. Uh, like with the Sunday feast and you know the the, the, the talk and the prasadam etc. And Gurmaj was uh, writing or had just written the um, uh, aesthetic Vedanta, and um, that's that was his absorption. And um, so the Sunday feast was on aesthetic Vedanta, which is a very very high uh, topic. It's about um, the five, uh, the Rasa Panchadhyaya, the five chapters on the Rasa Lila, where the, um, you could say the apex of uh, the Vrajalila experience is uh, found, and the germ of the whole of Gauralila is found. So it, it's quite um, um, high as a topic. But we would have a Sunday feast audience, uh, you know, the, the most clueless dreadlock hippie would come maybe half an hour before the, the feast, because after all, it was, a, it was a Sunday feast. And there was Guru Maharaj talking about the Rasapanchadhyaya. Uh, I remember this one time that um, he was talking about some reference to Krishna's chest being scratched. And um, the um, Guruaj was saying that uh, some Acharya comments that according to the Kama Sutra, that would imply a position with the woman on top. And he went like that to one of his god brothers who, um, you know, his god brothers were like in the first row and and so we were discussing, oh my God, because, you know, in other societies, they're very much into curbing, into like pushing down to the lowest, lowest common denominator of, uh, you know, you can't read this, you can't, uh, it's very much based on the intellect or I guess the level of um, realization, because it's true that it's, uh, you know, people should be protected from um, approaching certain topics that are higher than their level because it could be detrimental to them and anybody else who they would talk to based on what they understand. So I understand um, regiment and everything. 
But my point I was making yesterday was that most of those Sunday talks were probably, go, were probably going over the head of um, most of the audience. Um, you know, forget the Rasalila. These people probably didn't even know what we were all about. And so I was saying there's something to be said about the feeling, <clears throat> the vibrations, right? And that's what I'm talking about. Ether is where the vibrations uh, are conveyed. E e vibrations, uh, say frequency, energy, doesn't need air as a medium, doesn't need any other, any other of these uh, more gross elements. So when somebody like Tripurari Maharaj, who is my guru there, <clears throat> We'll talk about the Rasalila, even in, in ways that um, are, um, let's say, I don't know, what would you call them? You know, when it's a shaky territory, like, oh my God. What really comes through is his heart, his experience, his feeling, his realization that hits other people's heart. Now, it baffles me every time we talk about heart and we hear about heart. I'm like, well, what is really meant by the heart? Oh, my heart, your heart. But uh, it's, it's a very handy way of speaking in the West. You all know what I meant, right? Having said that, I mean, yes, the realization and the feeling, but, you know, somebody like him, if you're an Acharya lecturing on that in a, in a Sunday talk, you may talk about high topics uh, or super intimate topics, but he had sandwiched everything with like a lot of philosophy, you know, before and after. So just in case, because <laughs> you weren't there, but... My main point was that uh, the feeling, the vibrations, like, you know, even in modern slang, you say, uh, you know, he was vibing me, etc. So this is what is meant by ether, the, this one substance. And I won't be talking about ether much um, because, like I said, there are so many definitions um, of it. Some people call it space. Uh, some people think talk think say space like outer space what basically means the space in which everything else is contained earth water fire uh air what contains them all space uh the concept of space and hmm, it, 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 like i said it's a very elusive um uh, substance so i won't talk about the the um mechanical and you know all the physical characteristics of uh, ether the good news or the bad news is that i don't know what i'll be talking about <laughs> because like i was saying i remembered until yesterday and this morning i totally forgot so i take it as a divine design and uh if nothing else this will be the proof of um you know, the importance of uh, prayer and, uh, and surrender and how we are supposed to be all vehicles to something much higher, much subtler than what our intellect can um, uh, comprehend and, and, and wrap around and uh, convey in words. So um, it, these are pretty much the thoughts that are on my mind because, you know, again, yesterday we did a little bit of um, Kirtan practice because uh, we had, uh, we have a little gig <laughs> at the Saturday market. Uh, Kishore was um, on a recognizance, is that what it's called? Recognizance, cognizance, whatever. Um, 
trip in Samara. So he was networking with a lot of people, including the manager of this Saturday market who understood, knew what Kirtan was and she gave us a spot. And so we were rehearsing because we're a bit musically challenged around here, but Sankirtan is a transcendental method. So we put the effort, but then it's a whole spiritual affair that transcends music and uh, the people there. And as, you know, as long as we become transparent in radios, and we tune as cleanly as possible on the frequency of, uh, <laughs> of uh, you know, of, of uh, Vrindavan and Krishna. I'm laughing because uh, I remember every time I talk about this, <laughs> I remember this story that I, I don't expect to have a fan club and people remembering every, every, every single thing I say in every single class. So I'm going to have to say the story again. It's kind of funny. In Italy, uh, the Iskand devotee had a, a station called Radio, Christ, Radio Krishna Centrale. And obviously they wanted to have the frequency on 108, 108 um, hertz. But I think it was taken by Radio Maria, which is the Vatican City, which has repeaters all the way to the North Pole. So it's a very solid frequency. So, um, sorry for the sniffling, uh, the, the Milan devotees, I think it was a, a, an Italian nationwide radio, settled for the frequency of 107.85, you know, close enough. But it was really, really hard to tune into it. It was like, you would, um, I happen to have a radio, like an analog radio, on top of the washing machine in the bathroom and um, it was really hard to tune into 107.85. So I remember I had to like sit on the toilet. The, the washing machine was in front of me. I had to stretch the antenna of the radio all the way outside the window. And I had to be touching the radio because of the human electromagnetic field. It would help to everything. So first of all, my father once came into the bathroom and he saw me sitting on the toilet, like dressed, like on the covered toilet, stretched against the radio. And then um, if I would move a little bit, it would go from Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, to Ave Maria, Grazia Plena, Dominus Tecum, Benedicta Tui Mulieribus. <laughs> so my father came in while I was sitting on the toilet listening to a rosary in Latin. And <laughs> so that's how important it is to tune into the right frequency, the Krishna radio. That's what uh, reality is all about. Now, I won't go into, well, I'm going to have to go into quantum physics, not that I understand any of it, but from what I've understood from other people's descriptions. You know, we know by now that um, whether it's even quantum physics, you know, even, even in uh, what was the frontier before that? I don't know if it would count as Newtonian physics. That shows how inexpert I am. But, you know, right before quantum physics, chances are that whoever was studying the atom knew that everything is just vibrating. But whatever, this is today's um, commonly agreed on uh, view of the world. Everything is uh, vibrating, kind of like flickering in and out of existence so fast. And in, in another class, on pranayama, I remember talking about this. It's like the um, um, those laser 
you know, they look like propellers and they have LEDs and um, they spin so fast that you don't see the spinning. You just see the solid image or moving, you know, uh, they, they make commercial. You probably know better than me because I live in the forest and chances are that in the, you know, developed industrialized world, there is like common practice. But if you don't know about this technology, it's like some LEDs are spinning so fast that they create uh, uh, what looks like a solid image, a 3D image. You look like you could, uh, I remember one of a pair of Nike shoes, it looks like you could reach and grab these shoes made of light. So that's what matter is, it's just, that's what our world that we experience, that we put so much um, stock on and that we draw or look for so much certainty out of, is just flickering in and out of existence so fast that uh, we don't realize we think, I mean, the stable is so solid. And yet it's, you know, the, the, the atoms that constitute, constitute this uh, table, there's so much empty space in between the electron and the nucleus, etc. So vibration means, uh, is very much connected with the frequency. So there is a peak and a valley. There's an up and down, the, the famous duality of uh, the material world. There is a on and off. That's what I meant by in and out of existence. It's on, off, on, off. It's like a mirage, really. Kind of like the Matrix when you see a glitch in the Matrix, if you've seen the movies. It sure looks so real. And, you know, 20 people in this room would, be, would see that there is a jackfruit tree in front of me with four jackfruits hanging. And if one falls, 20 people would see a fruit has fallen. It's a very concrete, objective reality and yet no we're all tuned on the same frequency in a way and each of us you know the numbers are infinite so are the frequencies you know say my frequency is 108 108.001 and then the 20 people in this room and the analogies would be 108.002 108.003 what does it mean that we all see the jackfruit falling but nobody will see it precisely the way I see it with my eyes from this angle. And it's much more than a physical affair because, you know, um, consciousness is also vibration, is also energy, pure energy from, from our point of view. Oh, then again, let me take a sidestep. Um, we tend to think, or people, some people tend to think in terms of energy and matter, especially scientists. Whereas it's always been clear in our scriptures that it's about spiritual energy and material energy. They're both perfect in and of themselves, in and of themselves. They both emanate from Vishnu, from Krishna, from God. They're all the Shakti of Shaktiman. And Shakti and Shaktiman are one and the same. So I would spend a word of a caution on what could probably be be external influences of our say christian western science based uh background and uh, sensibility and understanding of this is spiritual and it's kind of like ethereal can't really touch it it's all light and this is matter which is which is concrete and bad like this is spiritual and perfect this is matter and bad 
kind of, I mean, there are the expressions of material energy, which we could, we could see, oh, they're corruptible. That same jackfruit that just fell, no jackfruit fell, by the way. No jackfruit was injured in the, in, in the, in the course of this analogy. Um, will rot in time. And so we'll see the matter is in constant change, constant flux. And, um, and so everybody can see that. That is a product of matter, but matter per se is um, a pure and perfect energy of uh, Bhagavan. And in a way, it's a spectrum. It's like a gradient. What makes it spiritual? What makes it material? It's like a, a very, like from the apex of the most intimate leelas between Radha and Krishna, say, all the way into, say, Vaikuntha, Narayan, and then Mahavishnu, and then, you know, Shiva, Sadashiva, and then our consciousness, and then among us, there's the worst of humans, or who's like basically just above animal, and then the animals, and then, and then whatever, you know, plants and so. What changes? The consciousness the dial of the consciousness, what consciousness focuses on, say, the color the consciousness takes. So these are kind of very complicated topics that um, are hard to convey without a background and without real realization. I just have an intellectual understanding and some insights, insights but um, another you know, I'm hesitant because it may sound that I'm going atheistic or impersonalist uh, if I follow the uh, reasoning all the way through and uh, I don't have enough strength, uh, scripturally based strength and uh, personal experience to really keep it all together. But so far it stands to reason that basically you could say that it's not that matter exists, material consciousness exists. And the moment your consciousness takes this, um, you know, uh, value aspect, it tinges everything. Because we have many, uh, you know, examples of, a, of an Uttamadhikari or, or a Paramahansa who would be sitting right next to me and seeing the world as an abode, abode of joy. It's a, it's a, a verse that my Gurumaj is fond of. Uh, Quoting Vishwampur, Vishwampurnam Sukhayate. Vishwampurnam, the whole world, the complete world, Sukhayate, is a cause for joy. Sukhayate means brings about joy. And uh, it's something that should be very prominent on our mind how consciousness tinges everything. Ultimately, reality. And that's also what science is catching up with. Everything is happening at the same time. All realities, all potentials are happening at the same time. It helps to think, oh, there's Vrindavan and it's there and they're doing this. And then there is the, you know, and then there's Vaikuntha, where, how, how does it work, you know? This whole um, depiction of the universe is as bubbles. I'm having issues with that. I realize it's a it's a artistic representation. Water break. 
But if you think about it, or don't think about it in, in geographical terms, in, in anatomical, anatomic, anatomical terms, like, well, if this is here, how can it be there? If it's like this, how can it be like that? You're way off track. We're talking about consciousness, the intricacies of pure energy, pure potential, the infinite, the absolute, the eternal. Well, we'll never be able to understand it in terms of uh, geography and location. If it's like this, how can it be like that? Well, it's both at the same time. That's another one of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, basic uh, tenets of our philosophy and doctrine. One and different at the same time. So, what was I talking about? Consciousness. Um, apply uh, com consciousness tinges everything so reality all all scenarios of realities are happening at the same time just like i think shira Prabhupada says i can't remember if he talked about radio stations or or tv channels i ran into a guy who is channeling a an extraterrestrial or a terrestrial an earthling from another from a parallel universe he just goes in a trance and this guy speaks through him and he's saying pretty much this it's like all tv channels are on at the same time but you can only tune into one or another what changes the frequency you know abc cbc bbc uh cnn fox news is it a channel they're all airing at the same time what changes is the dial of your consciousness so similarly reality is like do you remember i mean it's still like that to an extent like a, a pixel an l what's it called liquid crystal display an lcd monitor has all these dots that can light up with different amounts of uh, green uh, red and, and blue and um, create uh, an image so every you know though e each pixel has a potential of you know between zero and let's say a hundred i don't even know the the, the potentiality of uh, of uh, pixels but they can give you more green more red this whole image you're seeing this whole video will have a certain value here that corresponds to the pink of my finger and the luminosity and here it's already brighter etc etc so all the potential is but all the values are potentially there in each pixel or think of a, an analog uh, alarm clock remember those alarm clocks that had um, the big numbers that were shaped like you know they were like stick figures so when you would plug it in or when the power would go out, it would blink with eight, 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 because eight was all the sticks lit at the same time. But if it was 11, 11, it would just show you the two sticks that make 11, 11, 11, 11. But it had the potential of being a two, etc. But you know, the full potential would be eight, eight, colon eight eight so that's pretty much what's happening at an atomic level an, an eight an atom is like a pixel and 
what we call spiritual is the potentiality, is the full potential of reality. It's, it's said that Krishna is Satya Sankalpa, whatever he uh, desires is reality immediately. And in a way, because we are atoms of the, you know, the Supreme Consciousness, we are specks of consciousness, consciousness, we also do that, not quite immediately, but whatever we will, we, we kind of, uh, we are the creators of our little destiny. It's the whole point of karma. Uh, so uh, let's talk about this for a second. A lot of people think that we have no agency. Well, a lot of people, I mean, I don't really know who has the misconception, but let's say, let's not have the misconception that, oh, it's my karma, I can't, I don't have any agency, uh, any, there's nothing I can do, I can only, um, you know, adopt a spiritual practice. Yes and no. I mean, it's true, and it's quite advisable that you adopt a spiritual practice to get out of the um, uh, network of, of karma. But let's talk about what karma is. Karma means action. Karma is the noun from the root um, krut, which means to do, to make. Ahankara is an eye maker. It's uh, what creates your sense of I. Or some people say that it's ahankaromi. Ahankara is the sense that I am the doer, I am the one who makes it. And you should um, relinquish that because it's not true, you're a, you're a passive, you are subordinate to the superconscious. But we do have some agency. Shudamaraj himself used to say that, you know, that's super subjective reality because we are the subject, we're not just inert matter. We have some agency in the world, but compared to Vrindavana, to Vaikuntha, that's super subjective because he's become the subject of us subjects. But anyway, let's talk about karma. A lot of people say, I have no, you know, whatever happens to me is just my karma. All I can do is plug out of it and, um, um, and, and just uh, tolerate the repercussions of my past karma. And it's true. But it could lead people to a thinking that, I mean, it's true, and <laughs> it's true if you have the right understanding of it. I'm just afraid that people just get too focused on the past and thinking, oh, it's my karma, and no matter, say, if I want to make a million dollars, if it's not my karma, it's not going to happen. And um, in a way, the present and the future are dictated by our karma in the measure that we keep building our present and therefore our future based on our past. And our past is our karma. Past means done. The, like I say, the baby is already born. The tree is already, the, the seed has already sprouted. The vase has already broken. That's karma. And that's the material world. The material world is pervaded by karma. It's called phenomenal or a phenomenic world. It's the world of things that we can see and, and uh, uh, objectively see and hear and say, the vase has broken, it's past, it's happened. And spiritual in a way, if I said that the past is karma, the future is spiritual because the future is pure potential. 
So that's when some people will say, no, but in my future, you know, if I'm destined to be devoured by a lion, it's going to happen as long as you are plugged into your past, as long as you think I am so-and-so who, you know, had this experience, who was born in this country, who speaks that language, who thinks like that because my parents were like this, or who, you know, this could go way back in the future in terms of previous births that create whatever your uh, identity is now, or in a more, you know, ready to use and maybe more useful, um, uh, on a more useful level, it could be, or say psychological, I know a lot of people, even devotees, were like, oh, I was beaten up by my husband. And therefore, when somebody speaks like, like that, not that I'm dismissing everybody's personal, you know, psychological, you know, um, makeup and, and, and the struggles they went through and the traumas. But at any time, if you understood a few key things, you can just free yourself from it, from the past. It could be with therapy, it could be, but you have the kind of agency. You are the creator of your future as long as you, well, realize that, as long as you focus onto the future, as long as you kind of uh, remember your future instead of um, remembering your past. How do you remember your future? Well, it's the point of smarana, right? In our sadhana, course I'm talking about different levels of experience you know, in a, when we do smarana we envision yourselves already uh, serving our guru in his spiritual form say as a gopi or a gopa and uh, we're given a certain service that is either given to us by the guru uh, or manifested in our hearts so we think about it and we think about it or the very fact of chanting the holy names we constantly imbue imbibe our day, our experience, whether it's cooking or doing laundry, with this maha mantra that does affect our consciousness um, and, and it tinges our reality. So consciousness tinges the experiences, the experience. So it's a form of smarana. What are you remembering? Something as if it already happened. You see, I'm not talking about like I got to remember, the, oh my God, do I have, speaking of that, do I have the beans on the, did I turn off the gas? <laughs> Like I said, I was cooking. I think, it, yeah, I turned off the gas. Okay, not that kind of remember. Like, um, I need to remember that, that I'm giving class on Thursday. It's a remember, like, remember, like I said, remember when Guru Maharaj was giving class um, uh, on Sunday, on a Sunday, and he talked about Krishna's uh, body being scratched. That remembering, because science says that the brain doesn't differentiate, let's say the mind, doesn't differentiate between, now let's say the brain, the brain fires neurons and synapses in the same way, whether we're remembering something or imagining it. So, would we rather remember uh, what? That we were poor when we were kids, that we were bullied, that our parents were abusing us, over and over and over and think and because of that i'm like this and i don't trust men anymore or i am insecure because you know my past my past my past and then today is over and then tomorrow is over and the day after tomorrow you know the present you know it's like throwing a stone with a rubber band attached to another stone 
the stone lands, the rubber band stretches and then woo, throws the, the other stone ahead. And then that one lands and, you know, that's what you're doing. You think you're living the present. You think you're going into the future. You're just repeating the past over and over. And the past is trite. Like Pralat Maharaj says, material experience is like chewing the chewed. It's like beating, uh, beating um, empty rice husks. That's not where the substance is. So uh, it may come to you as like new agey, quantum physicy. Mm. And, and there's a lot of people, as a matter of fact, I have listened to all these people and I draw and I drew a lot of inspiration from them, except, except they're teaching and preaching a Bhagavan-less bhakti. They're talking about dedication and the, the power of what is spiritual and, and, and in these terms of, you know, equating spiritual with the future and the potential and the past with karma and matter. In these ways are very, very useful, which is why I'm using them now. But, you know, they don't. Um, it all boils down to us being the creator. There's a slight difference, but there's still a difference between thinking that God is us and that we are God. So uh, they don't even think in terms of God. It kind of falls into the abyss of, uh, well, oneness, which is okay. I mean, it's, um, it's one of the legitimate um, ways to perceive reality, personal, impersonal, um, localized, which baffles me. I'm sorry, but Paramatma Tattva is something I need to study on, because, but whatever. Let's just say that uh, reality can be personal as well as impersonal. And this applies to, um, you know, we're talking about Bhagavan and Brahman. In a way, even the Jiva, even, you know, consciousness down to the uh, level of the Jiva can be personal when it's, when it's uh, interacting with Shakti, you know, material Shakti. And uh, a jiva abstracted from any context, you know, like a stem cell, is just a unit of Satchidananda, it's just a unit of Brahman. But let's not go there uh, this time. So, talking about consciousness, for sure. <laughs> uh, karma is the past, and so karma, matter, past. And then, let's say, Leela, or, you know, spiritual, future, and potential. I was, uh, let me wrap this up. What was I talking about? That, yes, karma. Uh, so I was talking in terms of, like, abuse and stuff. Oh, no, I'm like this because my parents, I'm like this because I was born in poverty. In a moment, if you decide, you just tune into a future as it already happened, and that your choices will change, your consciousness will change, your interests will change, your intention will. Because, you know, this is not wishy-washy uh, talking. If you go to the kitchen to get a glass of water, it means you've thought about it. It means you saw yourself going to the kitchen and getting a glass of water. If that doesn't happen in your mind first, it'll never happen physically. You can, well, unless you're a yogi, you just conjecture. Uh, but even that, it happens because you thought about it. So appreciate how important, like, you know, Guru Sundar was, years ago, I heard him saying that uh, when we do the puja to our deities, well, he wasn't saying it, he was given a class and he was reiterating this point that 
when we do puja uh, on the altar, first of all, we, uh, first of all, we do the whole thing in our mind, and um, and then we do it physically. Shri Bhakti Siddhanta said that. Um, when it comes to japa, to harinam, harinam japa, what matters the most is that it goes on in the mind. Obviously, because, you know, if your lips are vibrating the Mahamantra and in your mind you're thinking, is the laundry done? Should I go get it out of the washing machine or whatever? It's clearly not the same effect on your consciousness as much as the Mahamantra is transcendental and super powerful and always effective. There are ways of making it more effective by way of having a 100% relationship with it. With the Holy Name or with Krishna, it's the same. Krishna says, Yeyata mam prapadyante tam majamyaham. In the same measure that people uh, surrender to me, again, in the same measure, tam stateva bhajamyaham. I reciprocate. So that stands to reason. It applies to many aspects of life. So I remember once I was chanting in the prasadam room up and down and um, out, out loud meaning audibly. I wasn't like, so, and I yawned or I, I sneezed or something or I just caught my breath. So it sounded like I said the Hare Rama part twice and somebody who was sitting there minding their own, their own business or I guess minding my own business was like, ah, you skipped the Krishna part. I'm like, where are you coming from? Clearly the Maha Mantra was going on in my mind. It's not that uh, it has to 100% uh, coincide. And, and if you don't say uh, the Hare Krishna part and the Hare Rama part, there's a flaw. And that's just whatever you can do with your tongue, with your teeth, with your jaw, with your muscles and stuff. But uh, in your mind, you know, you could virtually uh, constantly chant the Maha Mantra uh, 24 hours a day, like they say, like Guru Maharaj says, my Guru Maharaj, Shri Tripurari Maharaj says that uh, once he was in a train with Srila Prabhupada and uh, he fell asleep and uh, Guru Maharaj could see that his finger in the bead bag was still going. Now, that kind of defeats what I just said because I said it's a mental exercise, but I'm saying you could um, virtually chant the Maha Mantra in your mind 24 hours a day like Guru Maharaj says it becomes like breathing after a while you don't even have to think about it it becomes your thinking it becomes the soundtrack of your of your life the physical is just an appendage it's just that because we're physical beings we're identified with the physical reality so by all means I, I'm I for one am somebody who chants the best pacing up and down and chant and out loud as opposed to sitting and uh, in my mind but anyway it's very important that something that we understand that whatever happens in the physical uh, realm has happened in a more subtle uh, way before. Like the example I gave of uh, if you find yourself drinking water in the kitchen is because you thought about it at some point. It'll never be the other way around. So, um, so yeah, that's the whole point of remembering your future as it already happened because then your intentions will change where you put your attention uh, and uh, your efforts, etc., etc., And then reality will just 
cluster around that thought, that intention, that feeling, that emotion, that's also very important. Uh, it's a thought and an emotion, which is, you know, why bhakti is so efficacious, because whatever we do, the moment there is an emotion, it just comes to happen. You know, we can say, um, oh, I don't know, I'm kind of running out. Oh my God, it's, and the time is almost <laughs> over. So, geez, I don't think I'll do a part three because basically, like I said, um, whether we're talking about air, ether, etc., cetera, uh, what we're here is to remember Guru and Krishna, whether it comes as a moth or ether or, or air or a pigeon and a hunter and a prostitute. So um, I hope I'm making sense and... Um, um it's been a very chaotic morning i hope i i didn't end up screwing up the class and the lunch because now i have an hour and a half to finish lunch <laughs> whatever but uh, um what i was saying is to just uh, wrap up these thoughts that you know by all means we can go on on these um i don't know who the next guru is but i'll, I'll find a way to like stick them in because uh, this is important knowledge but i was saying that the future the potential. I usually say that the potential of spirit of transcendence is infinite, and the potential of matter is zero. And uh, that's a, a good thing, a good sentence to kind of remember, and uh, you know, for our um, conceptual orientation, uh, any investment we do in matter is like trying to get, we say in Italian, uh, blood out of a turnip. Um, we need to focus in the dimension of, uh, of the potential. Say the sky is the limit, you know, going back to ether, sometimes it's called Akash and it's uh, translated as a uh, sky. The sky is the limit. So if we were presented with the infinite potential, what would we want to do? Have all the, what is the thing that they say that if you die in a, during a holy war you get in in islam you get rewarded with the 75 virgins and something else uh what would we want if we had infinite potential if we could have everything we wanted 75 virgins there's a meme there's a joke that um i can't remember but i don't know if it's in arabic or somebody tweaked it in english that uh, if you change an accent or a vowel in Arabic, it turns out that you end up with 75 raisins. <laughs> so there was this meme of this holy warrior who ends up finally in, in heaven and he's given 75 raisins. He's like, where are my virgins? Virgins meaning as a, you know, a sexual reward, the virgins to enjoy. Would we want that or anything? Would we want to be a millionaire? Uh, not in the afterlife. So that's probably what I, what I can um, um, leave you with. Infinite potential. See, infinite poten potential is not even contained in ether. We're talking about something much bigger than ether at this point. But you know, since we're in a physical reality and then whatever is physical comes uh, on the mental plane first, let's uh, kind of leave it, uh, keep it closer to home. I'll leave you with this question. What would you do if you had infinite potential? And uh, whatever answer will come will kind of show you the amount of work ahead because it'll say things about you. 
And um, again, it's, uh, it's always an, an open um, discussion. I will never be able to give it justice and and that's it. I, I will never. It's not that I'm, de you know, desperate. Oh, I will never be able to give it justice. So all we can do is just engage in it in this sort of format that's a bit one way. Um, let me see if by any chance there is a question on uh, YouTube. But yeah, that's pretty much how it is. We're talking about the infinite, the eternal, the absolute. We will never be able to do justice. Um, to it with words, but in the measure that we engage our mind and our attention and our consciousness uh, on, on these topics, it will only be good because eventually we won't be thinking about this. We will be experiencing it. We will be one with it in a way. And one day we'll also talk about this fear of impersonalism. It's, it, 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 there's nothing wrong with oneness, but we'll talk about this some other time. So sorry again for the five minute delay. I, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make all kinds of alarms. I'll, I'll put, I'll set all kinds of, of alarms next time because apparently I cannot trust myself. And uh, now I have a lunch uh, calling me. I, I didn't used to do, to give these uh, classes on a, on a cooking day. So I'm sorry. I guess it was bound to happen and I learned my lesson. And uh, this is all about lessons, right? The 24 gurus. <laughs> Um, it, it's, it's more about the lesson and how we learn and take advantage of the Guru, not quite the 24 Gurus. The Gurus are infinite. Shri Guru is infinite and there is infinite ways that Shri Guru can manifest to us. So I'm going to end here and um, I'll see you next month if there is a room because there is like a fierce competition. I haven't looked at the calendar. Uh, if there is time next uh, next month we'll be talking about the next guru so shishi guru gauranga ki jai thank you for your patience